Maybe you're at a loss for meaningful, life-giving words these days. Not information or arguments or agendas, but wonder and hope that meet your empathetic and curious faith with a fresh word. We are a guild of pastors always rooted in ancient text, but friendly to laughter, art, sarcasm, and a bit of sacrilege. Wander with us while our perspectives, our attitudes, and our faith are altered for a new generation of being the church. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We all know the story of Joseph and a very pregnant Mary traveling to Bethlehem and finding no room in the inn. But what kind of road trip was this? Was this some type of homecoming? In today's episode, Matt talks about his experience of home and wonders what it means to carry home around with us. Ever feel like the whole world is dripping with syrupy sweet nostalgia this time of year? Nostalgia for what? We've all seen too clearly what it means to make great again. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my... But what if home isn't the place you want to return for the holidays? What if your dreams aren't filled with a white Christmas and warm pajamas? What if going home means unmet expectations? Undiscussed problems, political disillusionment, emotional entanglement, relationships strained to a point of no return. These are the curbs we travel this season. These are the thresholds that we cross. This is our commute. Perhaps you're traveling, waiting for a pat down in an eternal TSA line, wondering what that smell is or packing up the car for a road trip, filling iPads with Disney cartoons so that the kids don't explode on the eight-hour drive across nowhere. Maybe you want to be home, but just can't afford it this year. Or maybe you're settling in, welcoming a slower pace for a few days. My homecomings have never felt Leave It to Beaver swell. Some of it has to do with my own dumbass mistakes. Some of it has to do with family tension. Some of it is swept under the rug expectations. But when it comes down to it, home hasn't really felt like home for most of my life now. And what I love about the Christmas story is that it's not glistening in tinsel and nostalgia. In fact, its own attempts at making Bethlehem great again don't seem to work. Joseph is to return to the town of his heritage, a sort of home-going. It probably wasn't a homecoming, because he may have never even been there. This town may have had some sort of family significance, a sort of story of heritage more than a personal connection. And yet, it's trying to make a point that Jesus will be born into the house and lineage of King David. By placing the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, the gospel is reaching all the way back to the prophet Micah. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, 
who are one of the little clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. But even more, Bethlehem was the birthplace of David, King David, the baffled king composing Hallelujah. But before Leonard Cohen's ballad and Jeff Buckley's melancholy and the OC making it mean teen angst, and even before the Pentatonics put it on their Christmas album for some odd reason, Bethlehem meant royalty. It meant prestige. It meant a bloodline reaching back to the days when Israel was great. At least, if you were a king, and not a widow, or an orphan, or a stranger. Isn't that right, Micah? But the story doesn't work out that way. Our teenage prenups knock on the door to the inn and get a resounding no. But there's some room out back. I mean, I don't know about you, but there would be pointed premarital discussions had if that were to happen to me. They lugged their gear on the back of some donkey, perhaps, all the way across the desert, and there was no room? But all of this means that Joseph is going back to this idealized home, and yet it all falls apart, just like our homes do so often. When I was in college, I went home for Christmas like everyone does. I stuffed all of my laundry into this oversized duffel bag, hopped a plane and two layovers, and made it to the best coast. But of course, life didn't work out the way I wanted it to. In fact, my dad and stepmom were going through a nasty separation that would soon be a second divorce. My uncle was losing everything in the real estate crash and had found alcohol and drugs to help him get through. I didn't get along with my stepdad on good days, but of course California had just legislated bigotry by passing Proposition 8, and he was particularly smug. Or maybe that was just me. That enormous ball of twine might have been tame for a homecoming, but it of course all exploded when I got preachy with my family and Christmas Eve erupted in a ball of Cabernet tri-tip and my 19-year-old newly minted liberal vitriol. Maybe your homecomings haven't been as flammable. Maybe your Midwestern sensibilities keep things civil. Or maybe you have a story that could put mine to shame. Make Bethlehem great again went bankrupt for Joseph when all he could find was a stable. But a different sort of promise was born that night. It was a promise that created family out of royalty. A promise that tore down empire with love and that screamed and cried and bled liberation for the suffering and impoverished. Instead of royalty, they got God again, kneeling down in the stench and the filth, in the political arguments or passive-aggressive comments, in the eating too much or too little or worrying far too much about eating at all, in the credit card statements and the travel bills, funerals and impossible diagnoses. Our God is born in brokenness and decay. 
We don't need to put Christ back in Christmas. We don't need to make Bethlehem or America for that matter great again. Christ is there. Christ is here being born in the muck of our lives. And the promise of Christmas is not that our lives will glisten and sparkle and shine, but that God gives all of that up to lie with us in our filth, even if we think it smells like roses. Not all of my homecomings have been like that Christmas, and I've done enough work within myself and with my family relationships that I'm not so apprehensive to return home like I once was. It's hard work, but it's worth it. At least it is for me. So whether you are eagerly awaiting a homecoming or whether you're dreading it, know that the Christmas story offers a promise that born in the mess of family and politics and awkward silences, is someone who will change the world. And maybe even more importantly, will change us. God isn't returning to some royal home like a homecoming queen crowned in glory. God is home going, packing up all of the smells and bells and holy, holy, holies on a donkey or a VW beetle and hitching a ride with each of us to be born on our thresholds and in our commutes. So I'm celebrating the curbs this year, dropping my kids off at school or traveling to that family gathering because God was born on just such a curb. Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Herrick Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson Roberts, and Derek Tronsgaard, with edits by Matt and Derek. Today's episode was written by Matthew Ian Fleming with music by Dotted Lines and Aaron Sprinkle. You can visit our website at alterguild.org, that's A-L-T-E-R, and find us on Twitter and Facebook at Alter Guild. To listen to more episodes or to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else fine podcasts are sold. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next episode. And in the meantime, go in peace, listen, love, serve, and alter.